Sports Talk New York with your hosts, Mark Rosenman and A.J. Carter. Sports Talk New York is sponsored in part by Prince Associates for all your insurance needs, the Phoenix Tube Company, the law firm of Declator Cohen and DePrisco, Solomon Jewelers, and General Needs Charity, serving our homeless veterans with dignity. And now, here are your hosts, Mark and AJ. Joining us now is a star of television, film, and stage. He's an actor. He was raised right here in New York City. He co-stars as Blake Moran on CBS's Madam Secretary, opposite Tia Leone. He previously starred as Bob Gaudiao in the Clint Eastwood-directed feature film Jersey Boys, ever having played that role on the stage for more than a 1,000 performances in the Grammy and Tony-winning Best Musical of the same name. He also performed with the 2012 Roundabout Theater Company National Tours production of Anything Goes as Billy Rocker. When not acting on screen, he performs live shows as a solo singer and pianist with an old-school feel of legendary Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra. A few weeks ago, he made his Broadway debut in Waitress. I saw it last week. It was outstanding. He was amazing. It is a pleasure to welcome Eric Bergen to WLIE Sports Talk New York. Welcome, Eric. Your check is in the mail. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because, as I mentioned, this is our pop culture you know, show. And we are first and primarily a sports talk show, and I always try to find a sports tie-in. So this past week here in New York, with the Mets season spiraling totally out of control, there's been a lot of talk about the possibility of Tim Tebow eventually making his major league career. And here is a tie-in for me. Tim Tebow was a very good baseball player as a kid and in high school. He went on to play football. He's going to be turning 32 years old in August and may make his major league debut at 32. You tried out for Broadway in 1996 for Big the Musical. You didn't get the part, but 22 years later, at the age of 32, you make your Broadway debut in Waitress. As we mentioned you know, in, in the open, you've done quite a bit of acting in your career, but how important was it for you to make it to Broadway? I, I, first of all, I'm just stuck on the fact that that is probably the first and last time I will ever <laughs> be compared to Tim Tebow in any way, shape, or form. You know, I, I, I know nothing about sports. And when I say nothing, I mean, no, I don't, I, I call them, I call it sports ball. Just, I don't know anything about it. Uh, uh, you know, Broadway is what I always dreamed of when I was a kid. I mean, this is, as a New York kid who, who you know, I, I grew up on MTV. You know, I, I thought I was going to be Michael Jackson. And it was, it was a very hard day when my parents told me that I was, you know, as a as a white Jewish kid, that I was not going to be Michael Jackson. <laughs> so eventually, I fell in love with uh, with Broadway, and uh, I went to a performing arts theater camp up in up in the, up in the Catskills, uh, State Door Manor, just down the road from uh, from Grossinger's, uh, and that's really what really started my uh, love of, of theater. And and uh, I got into it professionally when I was ten years old. I got you know an agent and a manager, the whole deal, and I was auditioning for Nickelodeon and things like that. But it was all about Broadway. All I wanted to do was go to the theater, go to the stage door. Um, and my career took a, a different turn. I, I did theater. I mean, certainly Jersey Boys for a long time, three years. But I did it on the road and in Las Vegas. I kind of did it everywhere but New York. Uh, and there was always this, this bucket list item I had to check off. And uh, I, I had my, my summer hiatus this year available uh, in between seasons of Madam Secretary. And I... I, I begged the, the team over at uh, Waitress to let me do it because I'm so in love with this show and the part. 
Uh, and it, 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 it's everything I, I thought it was going to be and more. I mean, there's nothing like a New York audience. So it's interesting you mentioned that Michael Jackson link because it, it dawned on me that you got to perform Man in the Mirror on stage. Um, you know, what was that like for you? Yeah, I just did Man in the Mirror. I went down to uh, Parkland, Florida with, with uh, the, the incredible kids from uh, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. We did a big um, uh, concert called from Broadway with Love. We went down there and we, we kind of just uh, did a day of support, and uh, we sang it. Uh, I sang Man in the Mirror with the choir of, of kids from from that school that obviously had a that terrible tragedy on Valentine's Day. Um, it's you know Michael's music and Michael's performance still is inspire you know inspires me. It's what I, it's what uh, it, it's you know it's Michael Jackson and it's Sammy Davis and it's those great performers Neil Diamond, Barry Manilow. It's, it's all those people that I see in my head every time I get on stage. I mean, I I think. Uh, people who who are universally loved. Um, uh, that was always what I aspired to be as a performer. Yeah, I'm going to make one more comparison to Tebow here, and and I don't expect oh you and I don't expect you at the end of Waitress to to get down on a knee like Tebow used to do. <laughs> but uh, you know, you played Bob Gaudio in the Las Vegas production of Jersey Boys for two yeah. years. Um, you're you're close to a month on Broadway in Waitress. Um, Tebow is most likely going to have to play sometime at Vegas AAA Mets affiliate before making it to the big stage here at City Field. <laughs> How does playing a, a quote-unquote Broadway show on Vegas in Vegas differ from actually playing Broadway? Um, uh, mostly everyone's drunk in Vegas, and they, they'd rather <laughs> be at the plot. Uh, no, you know, Vegas is an incredible place. I mean, it, you know, it kind of gets a bad rap or a weird rap. But um, I loved it. I lived there for two years. Absolutely loved it. I mean, Jersey Boys is one of those shows that was perfect for Las Vegas. I mean, it was there for almost a decade. Um, uh, but, you know, it's an incredible place to live. It's an incredible place to, um, uh, to raise a family. Um, I, I, I go back there a lot. I do concerts there a lot. And Jersey Boys was the perfect type of show, you know, for a Vegas audience. You know, they can't. The thing about Jersey Boys, wherever it was, was you always, you, you went for that music. You know, you went for the incredible music of Frankie Valli in the fourth season. But the reason why you went back over and over again to see the show wasn't because of the songs, because you can, you know, pop your greatest hit CD in at, 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 you know, at any time in your house. But you went because of that story and uh, that incredible theatrical experience. And I think that thing really worked in, in Vegas. So, you know, it's tougher to get the audience to pay attention in Vegas. Uh, and, and in New York, you get people who might have known Frankie or some of those guys, you know, in the audience. Uh, but that show worked wherever it went. We're speaking with Eric Bergen of uh, Broadway fame right now, currently playing wait, uh, in Waitress. It's pretty interesting that the show you're currently in, Waitress, is a play based on the 2007 movie, and you appeared in the 2014 Jersey Boys movie based yep. on a play. What are the <laughs> challenges attached to both, and how do you work to make the characters your own, as many fans might come to the show or to the movie with preconceived notions of what that character should be based on either seeing the movie or based on seeing the show. Yeah, that's a that's a a, 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 a kind of a, a thing that that a lot of actors are facing these days. Is more and more uh, Broadway shows are made from already known properties. You know, within the past couple of years, we've had 
um, uh, Rocky, Groundhog Day, and we're about to have Pretty Woman on Broadway. Funny enough, all three leading male roles in that show will be played by the same guy. Um, so, you know, there's that constant, we have Tootsie coming this year. You know, it's a thing, you know, it, 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 you know, how do you step into the shoes of these legendary uh, performances when they're so well-known? In the case of Waitress, uh, Waitress was a little tiny uh, indie film that was uh, beloved by the crowd that saw it, but it wasn't a, it's not a, um, a major, uh, major you know, blockbuster film. Uh, I actually have never seen the film of Waitress. I will once I finish my run, but um, I, I've, I've never it. Um, uh, so I, I don't feel a, a personal, you know, trying, I, I don't feel any pressure in the case of, in the case of Waitress. Um, Jersey Boys was certainly something, uh, something different because that show at that point was, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a Hamilton of its time. It was the Hamilton of a decade ago. Uh, you know, Jersey Boys was just such a monster hit. And this movie um, had, had major expectations. And I think the fact that Clint Eastwood was the director was not uh, expected, um, and the movie, you know, did not get the reviews that we were hoping for. But the the crowd of of, uh, of devotees and fans that this movie has uh, still to this day. I mean, I get a handful of tweets every day that people are watching the movie again and again. It's back on HBO this month. It's on HBO demand. I mean, people do love this film. So I, you know, I think as an actor, more and more, I try to step away from. The, what people think and the pressure and all that stuff. You get to, uh, don't get me wrong. I, 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 you know, I see it all. I hear it all. But more and more, you just kind of have to go to work and do your thing, and, and you know, let the people love it who love it, and the people that don't don't. Uh, it, 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 life's too short to kind of uh, get involved with the other stuff. You know, Eric, this is AJ Carter talking about doing a show that people have seen over and over again, and certainly one way even walking into the show they know the music. Is that easier or harder when you know some of the people who see you on stage performing have actually seen you do it four, five, six times before, and everybody knows the songs that are coming? In the case of Jersey Boys, um, you know, I, I think because so many people knew the songs but didn't know the story, we we were given this this shot at giving them something new. Uh, people used to come up to us at the stage door and say, oh, you guys were just how I remembered them. You had all the boobs down and the costumes and everything. Now, the funny part was, if you go back and watch old footage of the Four Seasons, they, they didn't move a muscle. I mean, these guys <laughs> couldn't dance to save their life, and they wore not the greatest outfits. You know, they, the, the, the team that created Jersey Boys really created a brand-new Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons, but it was so convincing that it literally changed people's memories from their past about how they were. So that's how good that show was. In the case of Waitress, it's a little bit of a different thing where this is the first, you know, this is a show that's been open for two and a half years already. Um, I'm, uh, I'm the third or fourth, I think the fourth person to uh, step into this role. Um, so the pressure comes from uh, people who have seen this show many times or maybe even just one time. And you're, you're, you know, they have that great memory of seeing this show in their head. And now they're about to see something completely different. It's very hard to, uh, for, for people to, to be open to something new when it's something they love so much. So all I can do is give them something uh, uh, different. But, you know, uh, there are people who um, come to see me who I'm sure are going to say, oh, he wasn't as good as the last guy. But, you know, you look at the people who 
haven't seen it yet, and you hope to give them a, a, a new experience. You know, it's also interesting because both of these two big projects have some pretty big names attached to them. Waitress has an amazing score written by Sarah Bareilles, who has sold over one million albums and over nine million singles and downloads in the United States alone. She's earned six Grammy Award nominations, including one album of the year for her album The Blessed Unrest. And then, of course, you get to work with the legendary actor and director Clint Eastwood in Jersey Boys. So yeah. I, I have to imagine that even with all the experience you have, both of those have to be somewhat intimidating. What was it like with working with them on both of these projects? And I assume, you know, obviously, Sarah, you don't have as much hands-on, but, you know, you're still dealing with a score that, you know, someone you know, that's held in high esteem in the industry has written. You know, I have found, and, you know, well, I'll give you one more. You know, Madam Secretary is produced and, and is sometimes directed by Morgan Freeman. So uh, I'm lucky enough to work with some major heroes of mine, um, uh, and that includes Clint, Sarah, and Morgan. Um, I have found that the people in this business who last the longest um, and the people who are the most respected and and the people who do the great work hire the best people in their fields and then let them do their job. Um, that, to me, is what makes a great boss and especially a great uh, a creative boss. Um, and in all three of those cases, uh, Clint, Sarah, and Morgan, um, that's what they do. Uh, they'll come in with notes and suggestions, and, and you're following their, their leadership. Um, but I, I never felt, I mean, maybe in the beginning with each one of them, I mean, you're standing, you know, you're working with people who are, you know, in the case of Morgan and Clint, legendary, and in the, in the case of Sarah, someone who I was just, you know, an obsessive fan of. Um, so in the beginning, you know, there's, there's certainly that moment of, oh, my God. But then you get to know them as um, fellow uh, creatives. Um, and you're all in it to make the best project together. That doesn't mean that, you know, like when Sarah came to see the show last week and she popped, you know, knocked, in, knocked <laughs> on my dressing room at intermission to say hi, that I wasn't thinking, oh, my God, I wish I, you know, I wish I would have known you were here. Otherwise, I would have sung it better. I, you know, I don't know. But it was, you know, there are those moments, of course. But um, I, I find that the, the great ones really, really uh, hire the best people and then let them do their job. We're speaking with Eric Bergen of Waitress on Broadway, currently on Broadway. AJ? Yeah, you, you talk about working good people, and you talk about your idols, and people have thought a lot about working with them. Well, in terms of getting the part for Jersey Boys, the movie, if I read something, uh, you know, earlier in the day, really the, you got the part because, not because of Clint Eastwood, because of Bob Gaudio. So how did it feel to get the part playing based on the person you were playing? Well, it was, you know, it was a little bit of a crazy story. In the case of Jersey Boys, uh, they had, I, I was no longer in the show. In fact, I had been fired from the Vegas production uh, a few years prior, back in 2009. And I moved to L.A., and I was doing a little bit of TV here and there. Uh, and they, they had, uh, I had gotten word that they were making a movie of Jersey Boys, and it was, um, was going to be directed by John Favreau. And I actually was called in for an audition. They called in a few people who had done the, the, the stage production, and I went in to audition. And we got the feedback from my agent that I wasn't right for the part. The part that I had played for three years, I was no longer right for that part. Now, that's one of those Hollywood, you know, kind of crazy stories that you go, all right, you know, what can you, have, what, what could you possibly say? So you, you just kind of walk away from it and let, you know, life do its thing. Uh, that version of the film 
uh, didn't end up happening. And when Clint Eastwood took a hold of it, his whole decision was uh, that he wanted to have uh, people uh, who had done the stage production uh, in the movie. Uh, that was his, his whole thing. And in fact, he had gone back uh, to the writers of the stage production. He had thrown out the, the first uh, movie script that was written by someone else, and he had went, uh, went back to the stage writers, and he wanted to use the stage actors. Um, and he was going around to the different uh, productions of the show that were you know, still on stage at that time, and he was viewing people, and I thought, I'm never going to get a chance. And eventually one day I was called in um, uh, to, to audition, and it was about a 60- or 90-second audition. It was just me, uh, two casting associates, and a video camera, and that was it. And I did one quick scene and a little bit of a song, and that was it. And a month later I got the call. And eventually I found out it was really uh, Bob himself. You know, how does it feel? It, it's, uh, it, it, Jersey Boys changed my life, and it continues to change my life. I mean, even at the stage door of Waitress every night, uh, when people, you know, hang out and ask for autographs or pictures after the show, they, they want to continue to talk about, I mean, both Jersey Boys and Madam Secretary, but, you know, Madam Secretary's on the air. It's, we're, we're going into our fifth season. It's in people's living rooms. I understand that. It's amazing to me that Jersey Boys, all these years later, uh, stays with people, and I think especially people uh, in this area uh, on the East Coast. It really, it really stays with them, and I, I couldn't be uh, more proud to be a part of that project and all its different incarnations. You know, you mentioned that Broadway has always been on your bucket list. Uh, AJ and I have been lucky over the 10 years of doing the show to speak to thousands and thousands of athletes who talked about, you know, what got them hooked on either baseball, whether it be their first baseball game, their first hockey game, football, or basketball game. What got you hooked on Broadway? Do you remember the first show you saw and what you were so enamored by that you knew that, wow, I want to do this one day? Well, I, you know, like I said, I, I was really a, 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 a child of pop music. I mean, I was an MTV obsessive, and I, I was, you know, everything from making, you know, mixtapes in my house and, you know, DJing them with, like, you know, radio, uh, radio voice stuff in between and making mixtapes to hand to my parents. Uh, there was always music in the house. My dad was uh, uh, from Pittsburgh, you know, was, was an oldie doo-wop. Um, uh, 50s and 60s, you know, really, Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons and, and, and those groups, that was, the, that was his music. And my mom was uh, more Joni Mitchell, James Taylor, that type of stuff. But they both loved the music of Broadway. Um, they had both dabbled a little bit in acting themselves. My dad had a cabaret act at the duplex at one point, uh, which I'm really sorry there's not video of. Uh, but they both, you know, there were, there were show tunes in our house to a little bit of a degree. It was eventually that um, my mom took me to my first Broadway show, which happened to be uh, Big the Musical. Uh, I saw it after I, after I auditioned for it. Um, and that's what got me really hooked on Broadway. I didn't really know anything about it. My parents were just, they were just desperate to, to find a place for me to put my energy because I was an only child and I was kind of wild and, and making up stories in my head, and, and, and I, I, I obviously wanted to be on stage. I obviously wanted to perform. And Broadway, to me, was something tangible because Big, the musical, you know, was a musical version of the, the Tom Hanks movie, Big. Um, so it had kids in the show. So there were kids on stage dancing and singing, and immediately I thought, that I can do that. I don't have to be the, the, the rock star in MTV. That's what I can do. 
my first Broadway show was when I was 10 years old. My parents took me to see Pearly. Cleveland Little, Melba Moore, and Sherman Hemsley. Were oh, yeah. Not, not too shabby. Yeah. What was yours first? You know, you know, I can't remember my first. I can think of seeing a lot of Broadway You know, when I was growing up. It may have been Fiddler on the Roof. Okay. But I'm not oh, sure. sure. And it was uh, with Herschel Bernardi, who Zero Mostella originated the role. I think Herschel Bernardi was playing when I saw it. That made my first Broadway show. Right. Do you remember yours? Yeah, uh, Phantom of the Opera. Oh, and I've seen uh, it more than once. So, uh, and Wicked was was soon after that, but Phantom of the Opera. So, so not too shabby. No, not for bad at all. Broadway yeah, shows great, for sure. You mentioned early the Stage Door Manor Performing Arts Center in beautiful yeah. Lock Sheldrick, New York. Uh, yeah. Stage Door Manor is located in the former Catskills Borscht Belt Resort, the Carmel Hotel. It has yeah. many notable alumni. Many of your contemporaries, such as Leah Michelle, Mandy Moore, and Natalie Portman, have attended one of the three week-long sessions that start in late June and end in late August. Approximately 280 campers ranging in ages from 10 to 18 attend each session. During each week, each three-week session, the camp produces 11 musicals, three dramas, Drama Fest, which is a one-act playwriting competition, and two unique cabaret performances, uh, the Our Time Cabaret and Players Ensemble. So, first of all, were you in any productions with any of them, because you're all around the same age? And second, what is your greatest memory of the stage door? Uh, uh, Natalie, Leah, and Mandy, that's all my, that's all my class. Those are all my, my camp cohorts. I was in shows with all of them. Uh, my very first show there in the summer of 96 was with Mandy. Uh, we did uh, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Uh, and and the, the opposite show in that theater was uh, Cabaret, starring Natalie Portman as Sally Bowles. And then I did a show a few years later with, with uh, Leah Michelle. Um, and yeah, I mean, my you know, my roommate was Sebastian Stan. I mean, I I I, I can name a million uh, actors who are working in the business today who uh, I went there with. You know, also the alumni before me, everyone from uh, Zach Braff to John Cryer uh, to Robert Downey Jr. It's it's an amazing place um, that it, it's kind of, it's kind of like an island of misfit toys, right? These are all the kids who, and we're talking pre-Glee. This is before Glee when. You know, it was cool to sing and dance in school. Uh, this is where all the non-jocks went. And you were, you were sent there to kind of, like, find your other, the other people just like you all over the country or all, all over the world, because there were many students, in, from, you know, from other countries. Uh, it, it changed my life, my, my close my, my friend group, my closest friends of, of like, you know, eight or ten people are all from Stage Door. We all come from there. Greatest memory, I, I mean, I, you know, I think it's the whole time. I think it's, you know, that was seven years of my life, uh, and I waited all year long to go up there every summer. In fact, every, uh, every June, we, we all, uh, all our friends talk about, you know, what would, what would we be uh, auditioning with if we were going back to camp this year. So, it's an incredible place, and thankfully it, it continues to uh, live on stronger than ever. You know, you said that you don't know much about sports, but what that just, we just mentioned four people that you performed with, is basically the equivalent of seeing four of the five starters in an NBA All-Star game in a, a D-League, you know, game yeah. prior to them being superstars. An AAU game. An AAU right. game, yeah. right. Travel basketball. That, that's absolutely phenomenal. And that would have been, you know, for people that saw that or, or went up, like parents that came and so like, their remembrance of that has to be something, you know, amazing. Um, so you've been on Broadway for almost a month now. You've had two different leading ladies, uh, Stephanie Torns and Catherine McPhee. Yeah. Do you have to adapt your vocal style 
when you're playing opposite of uh, between the two, when when the leading lady changes and you have to do duets with a different type of voice? It's so funny you ask that uh, because just today the the answer is yes. Um, uh, the Catherine McPhee um, uh, has this you know obviously incredible. It's her Broadway debut as well, and she really comes more from the the pop world. Um, uh, and and so uh, you know, and, and I tend to sing more pop than anything else. Um, and and my voice, you know, kind of naturally synced up with hers. Uh, and we, we found our sound together. Um, but, you know, uh, Catherine has been on vacation for the past two weeks. She comes back this uh, Thursday. Um, and her, her understudy, Stephanie Torrance, who's absolutely genius in this role, has, has been going on. And her voice, um, she's, a, she's a, a, you know, a theater kid to, to, uh, to the nth degree. She has this insane voice. She was in Wicked for a long time. So, you know, the kind of chops you have to have to be one of, uh, one of the you know, witches and wicked. Um, and I absolutely had to go back to my, my theater training and kind of uh, get the voice up to a, you know, a real theater sound. Absolutely. Especially, you know, if, if someone goes on last minute, in fact, my, my fourth performance in Waitress on Broadway, Catherine had, a, had an emergency and, and couldn't do the show that night. And Stephanie went on. I had never rehearsed with Stephanie. So not only had we not... Uh, you know, and there's a lot of, well, you saw the show, there's a lot of making out and things <laughs> happening on stage. We had never done any of it, and we just went on stage and, and did it. So you kind of have to uh, adapt um, right in the moment, and, and it proves the the, uh, uh, the age-old uh, rule that acting is really just listening uh, and responding. So, and uh, I've never, it, it couldn't be more true than on nights like that. <laughs> so you've done film, theater, you have a recurring role on TV, you do concerts. If you had to pick the one that gives you the biggest rush while doing it, which would it be and why? Well, theater. I mean, I, I, like I always say, it, uh, what I enjoy is doing theater and the paycheck of television. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, you know there's, uh, first of all, television is, is amazing. I mean, you it, 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 making it is fun and it's a it's a blast. They're very long days, um, but we have an incredible group of people over at Madam Secretary, so it, it really is fun. And you know, it's very hard to beat uh, the experience of being beamed into you know ten million people's living rooms each week, uh, and 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 what that does to to uh, when somebody says you know this is my favorite show. I, I've had incredible things said to me like. You know, you're the only reason why I get to see my daughter, because the only time we have as a family anymore is when we all get together to watch Madam Secretary on Sunday nights. So you have incredible things said to you like that. But there is an energy that when you are on stage in front of, you know, it can be 500 people or it can be 30,000 people. It, 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 that many people staring at you um, and, and, you know, having a, a great kind of communal experience um, it's 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 an energy that cannot be described. It just has to be felt. It's an incredible, incredible experience. My my first love will always uh, be the theater. It's just it's it's uh, it really does does feed me. It's so interesting you say that because you know I got the opportunity to, to see you know Michael Jackson might have been your idol. Uh, Bruce Springsteen is, was, and will always be my idol. And you know, <laughs> I, I've seen him 
countless, I mean, probably well into the 600s as far as live concerts, you know, since he started. But to see him on Broadway and just the way he related to the audience, and I've seen him in small venues before, but there's something so different about Broadway. Yes, he's, well, he's, he's, you know, Bruce has always been a genius storyteller, and, and not that it's easy to get tickets at all, but um, I, I, my, my feeling is, you know, uh, that every Broadway actor should go and see the Bruce Springsteen show on Broadway because it's a master class in how to tell a story without pushing. Uh, you know, his command of a stage uh, has nothing to do with how loud uh, or how big his, his movements are. Uh, he's, he's a genius storyteller, and it's the reason why people like him and, and Neil Diamond and, and uh, Manilow, you know, people like that can, can last for all of these years. It's because uh, they are genius, genius storytellers. Uh, and that Bruce show on Broadway knocked me cold. Yeah. It's, it stays with you for a long time, as does Waitress. I mean, it was phenomenal. So you mentioned that playing Broadway was on your bucket list. We want to put a little caveat into that now. New bucket yeah. list. If there was <laughs> one role, all right, that you could play on Broadway, what would it be and why? It would be something brand new. Uh, wow. Because I, you know, there was a time when you went to see a Broadway show to see something new. You went to see, you know, new songs. The songs that were on the radio came from Broadway. Uh, they, they, you know, every show used to be Hamilton. You know, that, that used to be the place where you got uh, new, new ideas before film and, and now, of course, television took over. What I would like to do is be part of a project like a Hamilton or a Dear Evan Hansen uh, something of that ilk that is, you know, built. I would like to build it from the ground up and uh, be a part of it from its birth um, and give uh, the world uh, a new story and new songs, not, uh, you know, some alternate version of something they already know and love. Um, I, I think you can get a lot of entertainment out of Broadway. I, I, I like to be a part of pieces that give you something more than just entertainment. It's interesting you say that, and, and I hope you're not insulted by this, because <laughs> through the show and afterwards, like, whenever I go to Broadway, I always, like, afterwards say, like, just like when you see a movie, what, what would be a good next project, or what would be a good role? And yeah. for some reason with you, I mean, the physicality that you show in this, and, and you mentioned something new, and this is a show that I think would be great for a younger generation. I don't remember the last time it was revived on Broadway, but I think you would make a cr- tremendous Professor Hill in The Music Man. <laughs> well, that's, you know, that is one of those dream roles. Uh, you know, I think the last time it was on Broadway was in, I want to say in 2000, Craig Bierko yeah, was. I, yeah. was uh, I, I saw Hill. that version. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it, 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 that was, was really good. You know, that was fabulous. It's a great show. I, I, I would love to do something like that. You know, the, the, the pressure for me is just always. How do you beat Robert Preston? How do you beat any of the people? But well, that was Robert Preston, right? Yes, Robert yes, Robert Preston's yeah. original. Yeah. You know, how, how do you beat that? Um, you know, it, 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 to me, it, it's like, you know, these are pieces like The Music Man, Fiddler on the Roof. You know, these are, these are the verses of the Bible, right? <laughs> these, are, these, are our, these are our original stories. 
these are the these are the stories that we we it's like church we all get together we all go into a into a room uh you know a an old room with a stage and an audience and we tell stories that we already know over and over again hoping to learn something new out of it each time that's why theater and religion have always been the same thing to me, um, uh, because it's the same experience. You know, we're hoping to learn something new out of an old story and take it with us through our life each time. My fear is always, my God, what can I give something new? What can I, what can I make something new out of the music man? I, you know, I don't know if I can, and that's why I always think, let's give him something Let's give him something new. But listen, if you want to produce the music, man, <laughs> I'm there. My age, I'll get my agent on the phone in like ten minutes. All right, Eric, we appreciate your time tonight, and I love the fact that you went from being the white Jewish kid who wanted to be Michael Jackson to going to church. So uh, that's the way we, we've come full circle now. Uh, and you know, and and here's the thing: I'm, I, I am starting to do my I am my new music starts to come out in September, and I have a, a big concert. Uh, here in the city on September 30th at uh, Sony Hall. So, uh, you know, come. I'm going to do a lot of the music from Jersey Boys. I'm going to do stuff from Waitress and and a lot of music that uh, you know everyone knows and loves. So September 30th at Sony Hall in Manhattan. Come out. AJ and I will be there for sure. We appreciate your time tonight, Eric, and continued success in Waitress. It was great. I urge everyone that's listening to go out and see it. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. Have a good night, guys. You got it, Eric Bergen. Currently on Broadway and Waitress.